What is up everyone, Dalton here. Before we hop into this episode, I just have a couple quick announcements. First off, thank you for tuning in. The support on the podcast so far has been amazing. We're super excited about the community that we're building here with Move Local. So we cannot wait to continue to grow and meet more amazing people. If you guys aren't following us on Instagram, head over there and follow us, move.local as well as sign up for our newsletter if you want to make sure that you don't miss out on any new releases of episodes, of merchandise, of exciting news that we have coming up for the Move Local community. Head over there, sign up so you do not miss out. You can find that in the bio on Instagram or in the show notes below of this episode. And then lastly, guys, if you've liked or took value from any one of our episodes so far, please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you consume your podcast, subscribe to Move Local, and drop us a review and a rating. It really helps our podcast grow. It helps us get good feedback from you guys, what you want to hear more of, what you want us to improve on, so that we can continue to provide you with the best content possible and grow this amazing community. That is all I have for today. Enjoy this episode of Move Local. Welcome to the Move Local podcast. Our mission is to connect the movers and shakers of the Dundas and Hamilton area who pride themselves on growing a healthier and more connected community. We will do this through having conversations around health, education, entrepreneurship, and much more. We want to be part of helping you move confident, move free, and move local. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Move Local podcast brought to you by The Movement. My name is Dalton, and alongside me today is my co-host, Dee. Dee, how are we doing? Hello. Good, how are you? Not bad. Anything exciting going on today? Um, No, it's Friday, and I always feel like I always need a break on Friday. I'd rather work Saturday and take day Friday off, to is be it, honest. Is this like a mental thing? Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you work today? I did. I always worked, Alton. I know. It's good. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm super excited about our episode today. We have Kate Brown on the show. She is the owner of Black Market Nutrition. She's a holistic nutritionist, a nutrition coach, and she's helping parents reduce sugar in their kids' diets and make nutrition accessible for all. So, Kate, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Thank you. How uh, how's your day been so far? It's it's been a busy one. Yeah, it's a Friday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And with three little ones, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yesterday was a snow day, so happy. Uh, okay. Balance has been restored in the world today. Everyone's yeah. back to school. <laughs> yeah. I always ask my clients like, anything exciting happened today? And then my one client's answer is, well, we got the kids to school, so it's a good start. Yeah. It's a good right. start. <laughs> like that's a win. Mm-hmm. Like fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kate, why why don't we start with like nutrition and what you got what got you into the world of nutrition is it something that you've always done or always been interested in or is it something you transitioned to later in life Sure. So to kind of back it way up, I grew up in a home where high value was placed on cooking, eating well, eating nutritious food, doing that together, you know, eating together as a family. So those those principles were instilled in me from a very early age. However, I never ever entertained working in the food industry as a career. And that wasn't really encouraged as much as we had, you know, sort of healthy food principles and practices at home. So um, did a few different things for school. I have a psychology degree, uh, worked in event planning. And then finally in my mid-20s, I realized this isn't the path I want to be on for my life. And I really started to look at 
look food and working in that industry as a professional. So I actually went to chef school and become a train became a trained chef and I worked as a pastry chef for a number of years, um, which was a passion of mine and still is. But that really sort of that transition into doing that full time was really I think my beginning point into like this is my deep dive. This is what I want to do. I have such a passion for food and feeding people. Um, and after a few years of being married and still doing this job and realizing the lifestyle it provided was not conducive to having a family with just wild hours, long hours, weekends, holidays, that kind of thing. So I left it behind and I went to work in a corporate setting, um, had two babies and then was off work as a stay at home mom for a long time. And when my, my youngest or my middle child, um, at that point, who was my youngest, my son, when he was two, he's born in the winter, he went through a period of just countless repeated infections of upper respiratory. So chest infections, ear aches, uh, burst eardrums, any type of upper respiratory problem you can imagine, he had it. And so it's antibiotics after antibiotics after antibiotics. And we got to the spring and my husband and I were like, hold up, this is not comfortable for us anymore. And we wanted to seek an alternative approach. So we sought out a naturopath for the first time. And she confirmed my suspicions that taking dairy out of our diet was where we needed to go. And that's not the right solution for everybody, so I want to just say that. Um, but it was what we needed at that time. So that was sort of a pivotal point for me switching from I love food and baking and cooking to now I'm going to sort of rotate a little bit and this is now becoming more about nutrition and how to give my son the balance his body needed. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great story. Go yeah, one hundred percent. And I, I like that in that it took you kind of a long, a longish time to kind of figure out what that passion mm -hmm. actually is, which I always resonate with. And I think um, it just shows people that it's never too late to actually kind of follow what you really want to do, which I, I love. You met, which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting, like the shift you know, that you made too from, and you kind of mentioned it, but it's obviously always been something that's been part of your life from, from mm -hmm. a young child to like now how food can be used to like make you healthier or make your life better, right? As opposed to just like using it as a way to maybe celebrate or bring people together. Like For I think sure. it can still be used as that obviously, mm -hmm. but to have that other aspect to it, it's, I've found it interesting how much food and what you put in your body can actually impact your health in a positive way and, f you know, take care of things like what you were referring to with your son. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I love that it's not like a one size fits all approach. Like it's different for everybody. Yeah. Um, maybe explain kind of one, explain how you got into holistic nutrition specifically and mm -hmm. what that actually means for people that might not know. Sure. So after I kind of had this pivotal point of going down this road now of removing dairy from our diets, and I was a pastry chef, so used things like butter and sugar and cream and all the things, flour, refined flours um, in abundance at home all the time, um, that was a huge learning curve for me about how much I didn't know and how much I still wanted to know. So I started seeking out uh, opportunities for where I could get more into this and, and kind of go deeper. And so that led me to holistic nutrition. So um, I took a program, so I'm a registered holistic nutritionist. And essentially what holistic nutrition is, it's an integrated approach to health and wellness. So rather than looking at one particular symptom or health concern as sort of an isolated you know, vacuum moment, you're looking at mind, body, and spirit, and all of those things together, how they connect, how they influence each other, 
Uh, so it's ins instead of looking at that one thing, it's you're sort of looking at the body as a whole. And another difference too to point out, conventional medicine I think really focuses on reaction. It's a reactive approach Absolutely. to what's happening, whereas holistic practitioners focus on a more proactive approach. Mm -hmm. And just to add to, not add to that, but just um, a continuation of the question, mm -hmm. do you think your schooling prepares you to deal with children, right? Because that's kind of what you're trying to get sugar out of the uh, children's yes. diets. Talk to me a little bit about that and like your schooling versus like what you're actually doing and did it connect well or was there a learning curve? Absolutely, yeah. So a lot of my schooling focused on children and infants. So we, we kind of went through all the stages of life mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, covered different aspects of that through um, different courses. So yeah, definitely my schooling as well as my ten and a half years of experience as a mom to yes. three kids. Yeah, that adds to it. Yeah, like the most important. You know. Yeah, that yeah. hands-on life experience really counts yes. for a lot. And you know, I put a lot of value on education. But there's yeah, there's a lot um, that you learn in the moment, practically speaking. <laughs> but then I now have sort of the science and. Um, yeah, the science mm -hmm. behind what I know, totally. <laughs> right? Why I know what I know. Mm -hmm. Was that, like, what about for you, Dia? And, and uh, like, do you get the education around, like, working with kids? Is that something yeah. that you get a lot? Is it, or is it a little bit more broad with what you with what you did? I always feel like, like our schooling is probably more broad, always. I think you don't really know... Like, you become an expert once you're kind of in the field is what I find. So, yeah, of course, you learn, like the physiology and all those types of things, but I think there's something to be said about actually going out into the world and doing it over and over. And I mm -hmm. think even having a psychology degree, right? Like mm -hmm. we are dealing with humans. Oh, yeah. It's not like we're like, yes, that's the body is one thing, but it's like, how do you implement change? And like those types of things is, is kind of where it gets nuanced. And I feel like my schooling personally didn't do a very good job of that. Mm. So I don't know if it's different for you, but I think, um, yeah, like I think because it was a holistic nutrition program, it's looking at all mm -hmm. aspects of those things. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, learning the vast amount of information I've learned. I feel like the more and more I get into this, the more I'm like, the more and more I'm like, there's so much I don't oh, know. Always, yeah. Right. So you can, you can always, I think there's always room for improvement. Right. And as you get further into a niche, at just that world expands so there's always more resources and education mm -hmm. to add to that but you're right like you get you get out into the world and you gain more experience as you go mm -hmm. um yeah and I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about like you know starting your business and you know black market <clears throat> nutrition and i know something that you had mentioned i don't know where i, I read this but it kind of comes from the idea of like there's ever-evolving information mm -hmm. in the nutrition space and sometimes it can be hard to find high quality info and like you know, sifting through all of that as a consumer can be can be challenging. Mm -hmm. um, so I would love to hear you like expand a little bit on that and, and why you started the business mm -hmm. and where the name came from and all that fun stuff. Sure. So our, my last name's Brown and I kind of wanted to do a play on my last name for my business, but didn't didn't really have a lot to work with there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of that's where black black market nutrition um, birthed out of was was wanting to do a play in my name. But then, yeah, thinking like you just said, thinking more and more about um, nutrition and I spent a good solid year as I was working through my program thinking about what am I going to name this business um, I do feel like all those things that you just said like nutrition is this big black hole and everybody has an opinion and not all of those opinions are from an educated standpoint or have any validation behind them so I think as the average person you go on Google you look for something you can find information to support every single viewpoint I'm sure right there's always someone who's gonna resonate with what you're thinking or saying so it can be difficult to sort of 
separate mm-hmm. what is actual fact and science based on or versus somebody else's opinion. So I do feel like it can be this like big black hole once you start to get into searching more and more for right answers as, you know, kind of an average person who maybe doesn't have a lot of background information on health and wellness. So it can feel like what the information or resources you're looking for can seem very elusive and seem like something you'd maybe only find on the black market, right? Right. And that shouldn't be the case. And that's where sort of my taglines, accessible nutrition for all. It shouldn't be difficult to have access to this information. And I do so firmly believe nutrition begins at home. Mm. And so we need to have the resources and give people those tools in order to be able to implement those practices at home. Did yeah. that answer your question? Oh, 100%. Okay. Crushed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. I love it. Great I answer. think, and I always go, I always talk about this because like we, big part of what we do is education, right? Mm. With, within the realm of, you know, health and physio and I, you know, access to information is a blessing and it's a curse, right? Mm-hmm. I think it, it's a blessing. I always try to look at it on the positive side because it allows people like you and I to put information out there that we would have taken the time to look through and make sure that it's evidence-based and it's like the right information and people can go access that now, Mm -hmm. right? Versus the other side of the spectrum where there aren't people out there with the right intentions and there's a lot of misinformation out there, which makes it really overwhelming for someone to sift through. So it's always like that blessing uh, and a curse kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So I can definitely resonate with that. And I appreciate that that's something that like you prioritize is like, Mm -hmm. how can I provide the highest quality information? And then not only that, how do I deliver it in a way that's, Mm -hmm. Um, understandable to the client or the consumer or the person at home, which is always a challenge as well. Right. Um, So being a mom of three, um, I'm sure trying to get three kids fed high quality food can be challenging. Um, Why did you decide to go the route of helping parents optimize nutrition of their children at home versus other options that you could go? So as a mom, uh, I always felt strongly that was going to be my niche was doing something that involved kids and how to feed them well. And the reason I kind of landed where I landed is it's an area where I see people struggle the most. And um, just through many conversations, observations, research of my own and schooling, that's an area I think it's we're lacking. And I feel like that is the fault of North American culture. Mm. Uh, We don't place a lot of value on teaching kids to eat well or eat intuitively. When you look at some other cultures and how they handle that, North America's failing. Uh, And I, I feel like that needs to have more precedence in our homes and in our schools, like teaching kids to eat well. So I'm really passionate about that. (laughs) So wanted to bring that into my practice. And I feel like We go to the grocery store and, you know, you trust that what's on the shelves there is what's good for us, right? And if you're, you know, if if you're kind of the average person who maybe doesn't really think too far beyond that, um, there's a lot of empty calories and foods there that are doing more harm than good. So I feel like it's an area that's lacking in education and, uh, when we kind of get down that road in conversations with families, it's it's where I see a gap is that when parents and people, doesn't have to be parents, families, individuals, whatever, when you start to become more aware of what's in your foods and then aware of wanting to make a change, the, the kind of gap is people don't know how to make that transition from 
eating a conventional standard American diet to how to now, how do I eat a diet that's much lower in processed foods and refined carbohydrates and sugars? So that's kind of a long-winded answer. No, that's yeah. a, a great answer. Yeah, and in terms of the clients that you see or people that come see you, what do you notice being kind of the biggest problem that they come to you with? Is it just like, hey, I want to clean up my kid's diet? Like, do you know what I mean? What yep. do they actually, what is that question that they're trying to like, Yeah. So it it really varies from Mm -hmm. client to client. Right now, from what I've seen over the past year of my business, it's it's not like one thing hasn't really taken precedence over the other. But I definitely get parents coming. I want to clean up my kids' diet. Like I get all the time. Like, what do I put in my kids' lunch? How do I you know how do I make that more balanced? Uh, But I have people coming to see me who have autoimmune diseases, who have hormonal issues, um, whose children have. Uh, diseases or uh, health concerns that need some sort of rebalancing with food. Um, so it, it really varies. Mm-hmm. And then so what would that process look like? Like if people were going to work with you mm-hmm. from like the first sit down to like how do you kind of manage that? Yeah, good question. So I have a kind of couple different session options and then some add-ons to packages depending on what your needs are. So I offer either a single session or a group of four sessions which is spread out usually over eight to 12 weeks and the timeline we kind of work through um, that's works for client. So the single session uh, client, that's where a clients may be coming to me. They maybe have a pretty good handle on on their food intake at home and their diet and um, you know they feel like they're well balanced in that area but they maybe have one particular issue where they don't know how to incorporate this one food group or they're looking maybe for some healthier um, substitutions for sugar and how do they incorporate that into baking so that's sort of the one scenario and then the other is something that's going to take a little bit more time so this is where you know clients who are coming who have no idea how to make a meal plan and put that together or maybe are having some sleep disturbances or clients with an autoimmune disease who are looking to cut out um, entire food groups or make some significant changes in that area so depending on what your needs are at that point we determine if it's a single session or the group and then I also do some fun add-ons which I really love so the first one is additional meal plans I love doing that Um, the second I do a grocery store date so you can take me to the grocery store and we will shop together through your list and I teach clients what to look for and what to avoid and then the third is I come and do a pantry reset so I can come into your home and we go through your pantry and your grocery items and again similar to the grocery store we we look for some undesirable ingredients and then I offer alternatives to those products either store-bought or recipes and things that you can make at home. Cool. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to circle back a little bit <clears throat> to just like your comment on, you know, educating. And I think it's so important that we start teaching kids about nutrition and mm-hmm. how to eat and how to eat intuitively at su- such mm-hmm. a young age. Like I think it's it's so key because I think of back for myself and, and this is no wrong with my parents, like God bless them, but like it's just like not understanding mm-hmm. nutrition and what generationally they, different. Right. What yeah, they had been learning time. at the time. Like I was definitely an overweight child and mm-hmm. like it wasn't until I got older and started to learn and I got into the health field and mm-hmm. I started to realize like, oh, there's some other things that we now know that we need to start to mm-hmm. apply. And, um, I think the sooner we can teach kids about that, um, the better because that's going to lead them for success down the road. Absolutely. And a lot of time it starts just with 
educating the mm-hmm. parents and it's again it's not out of any wrong of the parent it's just like not knowing and not accessing the right information it's and totally not knowing and so much has changed like you're saying we can't fault our parents because so much has changed in the wellness industry in the past 30 40 years right the information we have now that we didn't have then huge yeah and so i think it's so key to like educate like a lot of what you do is education so like i love the idea of going to the grocery store mm-hmm. with them and teaching people how to like shop on the shelves because i think the hardest part is it's just so overwhelming that people are like well i don't know where to start so i'm just gonna do what Keep i'm doing what i'm doing right? yeah so i love that aspect of it mm-hmm. i think like that sometimes can be enough to make such a big shift mm-hmm. in the health of yourself and the child and it's such a small thing when mm-hmm. you think about it in yeah. terms of like what it actually is in the grand scheme of nutrition mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Um, so the next thing I wanted to, uh, to dive in on is, uh, well, this is kind of separate, but it was, uh, I was looking through your Instagram and mm-hmm. one thing that I really liked was you had this like planner that you use to like plan all your meals. And I love that planner. I love, <laughs> like, I love that you show that because I think a lot of times when, you know, people are looking at someone like yourself, who's like an expert in the field. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, they just have it all figured out. It's like, well, no, that you mm-hmm. know, you work really hard to be able to mm-hmm. do those things. So, um, I would love for you to talk a little bit about planning and and why that's important to you. And I'm sure that's something that you preach a lot to your your clients or people you're working with. As it well. is for yeah. sure. Yeah. So I've always been a planner. So it kind of, I like, I need it. I need a plan in my life to feel organized and sane. But I get that that's not. It doesn't work for everybody. So um, with regards to sort of me planning and nutrition I feel like you do need a plan because unless you're intentional intentional about what you want to change you're never going to reach your goals so that does involve a plan so in putting together a meal plan it doesn't need to be complicated and it doesn't need to be fancy right the way that I approach it is we don't plan out breakfast because it's like the kids rotate between you know two or three different breakfasts and I think most people kind of have similar things they're eating for breakfasts throughout the week and it's just maybe altering the ratio of the nutrients in that scenario and then in terms of uh, lunches and dinners on uh, Monday I usually start my list and I write dinners one to seven lunches one to seven and I don't put all this pressure on myself of coming up with all of this in the moment and then just throughout the week as my husband and I think of things we write them on the list we write down dinner ideas um, I do school lunches and I feel like that's an area that parents struggle with the most because they're not planning it so usually if clients come and they're doing a meal plan they're doing dinners but they're not including kids' lunches, and that's a significant area that needs some improvement. Um, so including that on your meal plan is a good idea. Yeah. And often it simple. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just keep say, it keeping simple. it simple because yep. I think it can get so overwhelming. Yes. Even as adults, like even if you don't have children, it yeah. can yes, be a lot. Yes, for sure. Right? So yeah. And I like that. Yeah, and I help clients work through, you know, the best way to approach their meal plan. Like, are your kids out at activities five nights a week and you need meals that you can prep in advance or prep really quickly? Or do you need to have a meal prep day on Saturday or Sunday so that those nights where you're coming home and then immediately leaving for an activity or a sport or something, you've got something ready to go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that guidance is so important. And it's like, it's mm-hmm. like one of those little things, it's, you know, obviously you're teaching them about nutrition, but helping people understand how to do that mm-hmm. is such a game changer. And I'm sure it reduces so much stress and anxiety for, for people and parents yes. because mm-hmm. the chaos of it all, I feel is like, is what overwhelms people, not even the nutrition side of things. just like For the chaos. sure. Yeah. Well, and when you're in the habit of going to the grocery store every day or every other day, because you don't have a meal plan that, that in itself, it's stressful, it's time consuming, it's more costly, mm-hmm. right? So when you can eliminate that and kind of streamline the process a little bit better and put that plan in place, it becomes more habitual and a little more calm. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, 
are there any like tangible tips that you feel like you would want to give you know parents to, to implement i know this can be like a never-ending question yeah. so like, you, have a, you have a couple that like are really like off the top of your head that you feel like are super impactful yes yeah. yeah so something i harp on a lot on my instagram page <laughs> is including protein fat and fiber and so you're doing that for every meal and almost every snack. So you're including foods from each of those categories. So for breakfast, lunch, dinner, protein, fat, and fiber. For a snack, I'm okay with a protein and a fiber or a fat and a fiber, but otherwise you're including those three things. So uh, if you're a client of mine, I share with clients, I have a bit of a cheat sheet for this. So we have foods under each category uh, and examples of sort of combining different things together. And then I leave spaces for clients to fill in some of their own, you know, favorite proteins, fats, fibers, whatever. Um, and then you put this on your fridge and it's in, you know, kind of a no brainer way to put together your meals. For older kids, it's great too, because they can contribute ideas. And if they're at the age where they want to go and make themselves a snack, it's like, great, go pick something from each category that hopefully the family has you know contributed to this list together um and then they know you know they've ticked all the boxes and are making a better balanced plate i know that's music to your ears it is Ah. very aligned there like i was like oh yeah two food groups at every snack at least yes you know what i mean yeah Yeah. well and it's it's a really um trying to like think how to say this so Fruits and vegetables are healthy. Like all foods, you know, have some nutritional value, most of them. Um, But sometimes consumed on their own, they can have detrimental effects. So, you know, typical after school snack, go grab an apple. Great. But we need to pair some fat or protein with that apple to help balance out blood sugar, energy, mood, focus, and the list goes on with that. So I think that's where like a little bit of re-education is. It's always surprising for parents and one of my um other sayings is no naked carbs so that's you're not eating that apple by itself Mm. you're pairing it with a protein or a fat to go along with it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah the fat thing too is always so interesting because people always have this big fear around fat which is understandable but like yeah even in my own like nutrition journey let's call Mm -hmm. it like I've realized, you know, the power of healthy fats and implementing them into your diet and what they can do. Yeah. Not only for like making you feel full and Mm -hmm. adding more energy, but just like your health. Absolutely. Fat is not the enemy. No. Sugar is the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. A lot of it. Like fat doesn't make you fat. No. Well, and but that like that. So it is, and this is a this is a fault of North American culture. Is we were all led to believe that fat was the enemy, Mm -hmm. right? Back in what the eighties and the nineties, like no fat, everything's low fat. But Mm -hmm. no, Mm -hmm. fat's okay. Mm -hmm. The good fats, the healthy fats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we need those. What would you say um, to parents that have picky eaters? Because we talk about health, and I'm just... This this is a a good question. Yeah, because I get Mm -hmm. asked this question, and I don't deal with kids here, and I navigate it the best way I can through my experiences. But it's also from my personal experience. It's a tricky one, right? Because we know what you're supposed to be eating, and that's easy. I can make the fridge full of good food. I can Mm -hmm. put the pan, all these things. But how do you deal with a child that just, like, won't... Like any Mm -hmm. tips there? Because I'm sure that's like a big parenting question. For sure. (laughs) So the first thing is to rule out other causes of that behavior. So to make sure it's not due to any other underlying health issues. Um, So depending on what the issues are, there are, you know, tests and specialists you can refer to um, to make sure that's not the root cause of those problems. So 
if that's not the case and they're you know and kids I feel like I don't like the word uh, no I don't think any parent does but I don't like the word picky and I don't mm-hmm. like labeling kids as that right um, but yes yeah, some can certainly be more selective than others and it's a challenging time because all kids go through it and they go overnight from as you know toddlers who are usually pretty exploratory and will eat lots of things to all of a sudden saying no I'm not gonna eat that um, which causes a lot of stress for parents so one bit of advice um, that I always find challenging, but it's uh, it holds true, is to remember there are two jobs. There's the parent's job and the kid's job. So as a parent, it is our job to decide what we're serving, and that is where our job ends. And it is the child's job to decide what and how much they will eat. So it's I feel like we grew up all of us here in this culture of like eat one more bite right just one more bite clean your plate right and those aren't healthy or intuitive eating habits and so when you're forcing those upon children you're not allowing them to develop any intuition about their own eating right so we need to remember we serve what we serve and then the child gets to decide what and how much they will eat and that might be nothing and that's okay and that might only be the pasta on the plate or it might only be the chicken on the plate or it might only be you know whatever else you're serving and mm-hmm. that's okay and the more we allow the child to develop their own freedom and independence with that they will gradually eat more things <laughs> easier said than done and it's it's a long game it is not an overnight I was gonna say process. I think um, for a lot of parents it probably sounds so counterintuitive right like yes. oh my god my child isn't eating dinner like, what do I do? So mm-hmm. it's, I guess that's the support yep. comes in there. And, it and does. You is really yep. And then my other, yeah, main thing is no separate meals. Everybody eats the same thing. If you continue to offer an alternative, then your child is going to always wait for that alternative. Mm-hmm. Right. And if that means they go to bed hungry, they go to bed hungry. Yeah. Two I thi- like it. Two, <laughs> two things. Um, one, it's funny because like my mom definitely didn't know any of this stuff, but mm. she that was how it operated at our house. It was like clean your plate. No, no, it was oh. <laughs> hey, you don't like you don't like what's on the plate. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and go, don't make a big deal of it. She's like, cool. You can go make yourself something, is what oh. she would say, or you can eat nothing, and I would just eat the food on the plate because like, I don't have there to do go. it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or I would go to bed hungry, which there's no chance I'm going to bed hungry. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the other question I had of it. So I'm just curious, like, what happens if the, the child doesn't eat anything you just like you're just facilitating that you're just like okay it's their choice yeah 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 you gotta support their choice in that and that's okay and you know what and you can have some like if it's a repeated thing you can have conversations about uh just being clear about okay well this is this is the last meal so if you choose not to eat that's okay it's totally your choice but the next time we all eat is breakfast Mm. and you have to hold true to that Mm. you do and And it mm. like it depends on uh you know the schedule and how um sort of how and when meals are offered so we're still at the stage where we don't do bedtime snacks we eat dinner and then you know we tidy up we roll into bath time bedtime the kids go to bed you know they're in bed within two hours of us eating dinner so bedtime snacks aren't a deal for us so if they don't eat dinner that's it till breakfast. <laughs> um, but if you, you know, if you have kids who are staying up later, you know, they're older, you can either hang on to their dinners. We've done this in the past. And then if at bedtime they're hungry, well, great. I saved your dinner. Here it is. Or you have a not very exciting bedtime snack. <laughs> mm. <laughs> right? It's You're not pulling out ice cream. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You're pulling out, I don't know, veggies and hummus or, right. you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, you need to kind of approach that with what works best for your family schedule. I think the hard part probably is, and I don't have kids, so I can't even mm-hmm. relate, but if I'm, I'm assuming is like, it's just a lot more work. 
It is and, a lot and, more and, work. And, and, <laughs> totally, right? And parents are... Yep. I, I, and I know the, the response to this is going to be like, well, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. But like my thought, because I have we have similar conflict with mm-hmm. like someone doing rehab mm-hmm. to improve their... Right? Yep. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I don't have time for that. Well, it's like, well, you know, yeah, I know it's hard and it's extra mm-hmm. work, but like if you want to teach your kids do nut- good mm-hmm. nutrition in the long term you want them to be healthy and yeah. live a good life and mm-hmm. have like you need to sacrifice in the moment i think mm-hmm. again i'm not a parent so it's easy for me to say mm-hmm. but i think that's something that you would accept as a parent i think when you are implementing that yeah. into your child's life um i just i know that that's the response so i'd be curious to hear like it is how you yeah would respond to that. i feel like uh when clients come to me like they've already made the decision they want to make a change mm-hmm. so i'm not i'm not convincing clients why or potential clients why they should make this change if I'm at the point where I'm needing to convince someone if you know we're having a discovery call and that's coming up then it's probably not the right time for them Mm. right because the motivation needs to be intrinsic not from me right Mm. or from anyone else it needs to come from inside Mm. so if they're not at that point yet then anything I do is not going to have lasting consistent impact totally right it's going to waste my time it's going to waste their time so yeah clients when they come to me they kind of have already reached that point but it's I mean yeah there's certainly arguments and things you can share along the way to help people get to that point Mm -hmm. but it definitely needs to be a decision that they've sort of made on their own that something's got to change and then that's where I step in to help them make those changes and figure out what those changes need to be Mm -hmm. yeah and I guess that's what I was kind of getting at like Mm -hmm. you have to make that choice right yes and that yeah. yeah, go ahead, DC. Yeah, no, that's it. I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we agree. We're yes, good. Yes, <laughs> um, cool. Is there anything else? Any other tip, thought, or anything, or do you want to just leave them with one good one? Um, just in general, like as families, or like, are we wrapping up here? Um, well, I have I have one other question I <laughs> okay. want to ask you, but if there's another tip that you had, if, if not, that's okay. I can read your labels. Ah. Read your labels. I can't tell you the number of times I have coached clients on this, and they come back to me, and they're like, oh my goodness, I didn't know that these ingredients were in this product I've been buying. So I encourage clients, look at the things in your pantry that you're buying on the regular, that you're consuming you know, pretty frequently, and read their labels. And lots of people aren't doing that. They're just like, I've always bought this. I'm going to keep buying it. And when they look at the ingredients, it's a long list of things they can't pronounce, and they're not whole foods. So I encourage clients to read the labels. And then when you're in the grocery store, pick up some new products, read the labels on those. And this is where, like, it's a time-consuming, it can be a time-consuming process um, when you start to look at the packaging and try to find alternates. Because there's there's always an alternative. There's always, like, a, a different option, right? It's not, this isn't a matter of like cutting out foods and cutting out food groups it's just looking for a healthier more balanced alternative but that starts with reading labels and just becoming more educated and aware about what's Mm. in your cupboards yeah I find that very interesting because I do find our the labeling is not intuitive for the average consumer and the marketing that is on these products Mm. is another totally different conversation yes <laughs> right mm-hmm. um so I do I do find that that's a that's a big one yeah and I feel not a lot of people know and it's confusing I it is it's half so the time confusing. like oh man every week in the grocery changes, store is right it like does. the labeling rules are changing and this is what we're adding and this is what this means now and it's yeah it's a bit it's a it's mm-hmm. a lot well and I feel like our food culture now has led everyone to believe that if it says plant-based or vegan, that it's good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you start to look at some of the ingredients on some of these products, they're chock full of chemicals and food additives. And they are, you know, yes, they might be made from a plant, but that doesn't mean 
the way it's ended up in this package is good for your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always about the principles. I feel like yeah. you to learn the principles. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you because I saw you'd post about going to France and you know mm-hmm. trying to keep yourself on track. Obviously, being surrounded by such good food yes. and <laughs> and all that stuff. And I wanted to like make it maybe more holiday related because mm-hmm. like we're heading into the holidays as we record this podcast. Like, yep. what are some thoughts maybe that you have for people that are heading into the holidays around like how they can enjoy themselves but still stay on track? I love this question and it's I think a really good one because it comes up because I feel like people approach the holidays with a whatever I'm just going to do whatever and I'll get back on track in January <laughs> but it doesn't have to be that way. So first I want to talk about um, sort of food rules or food guidelines. So if you have these at home um, and maybe you already have them and you're not aware of them and maybe you have a list or something it can you know look like a few things but if you have some food rules or guidelines it's helpful to explain to your kids before you go to somebody else's home for dinner you know we have our food guidelines our you know our family food rules these might be different when we're at, you know, ABC's family member for dinner um, so that there's no surprises and they know what to expect. So what I mean by that is at, you know, Auntie So-and-So's house, the food rule there might be you clean your plate, right? You know, the cousins maybe have to clear their plate before they're allowed anything else. That is not the food rule at my house. So there is there's a time for flexibility when you go to somebody else's house, but then there's also a time for maintaining your family food rules. So that's a family food rule we won't be participating in, no matter if that's the family food rule at somebody else's house. Mm. A difference where um, you may acquiesce to the request at somebody else's house is maybe at my house I serve desserts or sweets with a snack but when you go to somebody else's house it's you know usually served after dinner so if there are some differences there and how you approach your meals I would say voice those to your kids so that there's no surprises when they get to somebody else's house Uh, another one would be serving your sweets and treats with meals rather than after and there's a few reasons for that so when thinking about it from sort of uh, children's health and how they approach food and intuitive eating, when you serve sweets and dessert type foods alongside all the other foods, it brings it down from its pedestal. It just makes them mm. same as all the other foods, right? You're not elevating these sweets and treats because they're you know served at the end of the meal and they're special and they're a treat. You serve them alongside everything else. And so that really helps kids to also, you know, there's no good foods, bad foods, right? They're just food. It's all food, right? Mm-hmm. These are sweet. These are sour. These are bitter. These, you know, these are crunchy, whatever. There's differences there. So serving them alongside also helps to balance blood sugar and balance um, with that mood, energy, um, fatigue, which we, you know, see a lot in kids over the holidays. So when you're serving sweets with a meal rather than as a standalone, you know, treat, quote unquote, um, you're helping slow down the digestion of that you know, sweeter, you know, treat, I don't want to say treat, but, um, sweeter food, um, that contains more refined sugar, you know, than perhaps something else. So yeah, when you serve it alongside, it just helps slow the digestion, which has a more stable rise in blood sugar, which is going to have more, um, just stable mood, energy, when focus for kids. And then the last thing, which is probably the most important is consistency is key. And what I mean by that is, 
it is not what we're doing on the special occasions that sets our habits. It is what we do every day that is going to make a difference in our health and wellness. So it's, you know, I was on a holiday to France. And so I enjoyed all the things that France had to offer, but that wasn't necessarily how I'm eating on the regular every day. And same goes, you know, you're attending Christmas gatherings. You know, we've all got family events and holiday parties and things that we're going to. Those are special occasions. So how you're eating on those days isn't really going to make that much of a difference in your overall health and wellness as long as you have those well-established, healthy, consistent principles that you're following every other day of the year. So enjoy, you know, whatever that looks like for you, glass of wine, you know, enjoying a sweet, don't feel guilty about it, Um, you know, try and have those things along with a meal and, you know, be consistent in your health and wellness all the other days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I concur. I, love I agree. Yeah, I know D loves all this stuff. Yeah. We talk about it this stuff sense. often. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think like I love just the principles, the plan, mm-hmm. and just like the preparation is so is so key. It makes those it situations better for everyone. It does better yeah. for you. Probably less stressful for your kids. They're not confused. Mm-hmm. Like Mm-mm. I can just see it being a way better way to approach. It. Obviously challenging. Obviously a little bit more upfront work. But I think. Mm-hmm what isn't challenging and what doesn't require upfront work. Absolutely. <laughs> right? So. Yes. Well, and educating our kids and, you know, ourselves about intuitive eating and eating well, it, it does take work, but it's a crucial life skill. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. And I, and I talk about this with Dee all the time. Like, we again, we see people here, we help them with their health a lot of times through, like, exercise and rehab mm-hmm. and, and just being in the health field for a while now. Like, <sighs> nutrition is just tough. It's just it one is. of those things that it's just such a – and it's and it's a hard change and it's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you think about habit change, like food is such a challenging thing to navigate. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I give D kudos all the time about how she, she navigates this and I would do the same with you because it's it's, cha- it's a challenging thing to get people to change. And I know it's hard it for, for people as well, mm-hmm. even though they know they want to. Yeah. And so my like v- advice is always just, like keep keep working, like keep trying to improve. Yep. Make so, it a habit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not going to mm-hmm. happen all in one go, but like don't let that go because I think at the base of the health is like it's nutrition yeah it's like what you're putting your body on a daily basis absolutely you yeah. can work out seven days a week but if you're eating garbage yeah. you're not going to see the changes you want yeah i read somewhere that you make 200 food decisions per day yeah and i believe, I believe it. it oh yeah <laughs> right from like what does my breakfast look like do yep. i want this what am i gonna have to drink should i sprinkle this on top yeah like you just like you're constantly thinking about yeah. it yeah for sure. So, and when you're feeding little people, I feel like that oh just my exponentially God, increases, yes. right? Oh my God, I could yes. imagine. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I could really take care of myself. Yeah. I knew. You're like adding another layer. Another layer. I know. And like, I love talking about this all day long. But there are days, believe me, where I'm like, I don't want to think about this right now. It's a lot of work, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I would love to transition to just some fun rapid fire questions for okay. you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't prepare you for these. So okay. This is off, no, I this like is off these. the bat. I love surprises. Go. Um, <laughs> What would be one of your favorite local coffee shops? Oh, um, Detour? Yeah. Yeah. Big okay, you like fan. that answer. Also, Relay? <laughs> Relay's a good spot. I love Relay. Yeah, their, like, vibe is nice. Like, they, yes. they got good, like, working vibes It's there. true, and we yeah. drink their coffee at home, so I love it. Nice. Yeah. Do you, uh, what, what is yours? I know you've been on this podcast before, but where yeah, are you at right now? I like Detour. Detour? Mm-hmm. Okay. Domestique is really nice. Domestique I like yeah. Well. Domestique, yeah. They make a good americano. Yeah. Oh, that's my drink. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what would be one of your favorite local restaurants or one of like your restaurants that you just recently frequented that you're like, oh, this was really good. So I love Quatrefoil. Mm-hmm. It's our, like one of our favorite special occasion restaurants. Um, and the Mule. 
Oh, the mule. Who yeah. doesn't love tacos? I know. <laughs> it's a great place, man. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. We introduced our kids to the mule in the summer, and it was it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, take me back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were. <laughs> they loved it. Um, what would be one of your favorite ways to stay active? Uh, I love being active. I can't like, I can't not move in my day. I was really mad yesterday when the kids were home cause it was like an ice storm and I couldn't go for a walk. Yeah. So yeah, I, um, I lift weights five days a week. I horseback ride and I walk. So all of those have equal yeah. favorite favorites places. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Do you have any off the top of your head D for movement? Rapid fire questions. Oh my God, no. Okay, I feel like okay. you just put me on the spot and I'm like, ah. I can keep going. I just want to know if you had any that were, I'll coming, think of something. That were coming to just your mind. Just give me a minute. Um, what would be one of your favorite desserts then as someone who used to Anything bake? lemon. Mm. Yeah. So I like converted like a lemon, traditional kind of sugar-laden lemon tart to a honey lemon tart and it's so good. I love it. Yeah, lemon. Lemon's like one of those things that I don't consume enough of lemon mm. desserts, but whenever I have one, I'm like, oh. Right? Yeah. So just I don't know. I'm, I, you're going to have to work harder to convince me. No. I feel like <laughs> lemon is oh, not my, really? it's so tart. I love That's what I love about it. Because I'm I not. Think yeah. I think yes. I'm more like sweet. Yep. Or dark chocolate. Yeah. yeah. Like the darker, the better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What, what about you? Do you have your favorite, my favorite dessert, dessert? Or go-to or what do you enjoy? Uh, I like a, a butter tart, mm. but I can only, now as I get older, I can only have half of one. Like yeah. I can't eat a full one because they're so heavy and sweet. Raisins or no raisins? No raisins. Okay. <laughs> That's totally. the right answer. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I yes. also love butter tarts. Okay. <laughs> I will consume more than one. <laughs> you can have my half. <laughs> and I like raisins. Oh, oh no. No, just no. Just Raisins are wrong. <laughs> um. oh and another th- another sweet, and I it's um I just got exposed to it recently. It's um a Dutch butter cake. Hmm. It's called like butter kook. Butter kook. Oh okay. my god! I, it's just it's straight up butter and sugar. Let's yeah, real, that's probably why it's it delicious. So good. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, but also very dense. You can't eat a lot of it. But yeah. yeah. Anyways. Um. Last question we like to ask everyone is like, what uh, what does move local mean to you? I think that just means moving in whatever way works for you. Um, so whether that's you're going for 10 kilometer runs, you're lifting weights for an hour, you're going for a 10 minute walk, like whatever that looks like for you, just move your body. Okay. Maybe it's dancing, maybe it's swimming, like whatever. Just move your body, I think is the moral of the story uh, when it comes to moving local and being active. Yeah. Love it. Love it yeah. Okay, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I uh, I could talk about this stuff for hours. I'm fascinated by it. me and D go down the rabbit hole quite often. I love yeah. it. I think it's I think it's great. And and even more than that, I think it's great that you're trying to educate parents and people on high quality evidence based mm. information on nutrition. I I can't stress enough how important that is, and it just makes me happy to know there's people like you and D and mm. everyone else out there that's really trying to push this high quality information out to the world. Um, it's needed, and I think it's needed now probably more than ever, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm just glad that, that you're doing that. So I appreciate your time and, and all your efforts. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Where can Thank people you. find you, actually, before we wrap up? Where can people find you on Instagram uh, or if they want to work with you? Yeah, so my Instagram handle is black.market.nutrition, or you can email me at hello at blackmarketnutrition.ca. Love it. Do you plug your Instagram? Oh, DRD Nutrition. Yeah. Um, and I'm just working on a website, same, d.rd.nutrition.com. Love it. If you, yeah. guys, if you guys need any help with your nutritional needs, I co-sign both of 
these ladies. Thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Have fun.